Today on The Breakdown, it's a special mystery box edition of The Breakdown. That's right. Not everyone knows what happens in this hand. Some people do. Some people will never know because they will die before we get to it. Because people die. It's a fact of life, Grant. And all of you out there, you should know this. Some of you will not make it to the end of this podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But it's true. It's true. It's just hard, hard facts and it's tough love. But maybe unwind your mind a little bit and think about what I'm about to lay before those, those <laughs> peepers of yours, because <laughs> it's the 50s, I guess, because that's how they talked, apparently, in the 50s. So we're, we're playing uh, an uh, EPT event. It's a 5K buy-in, and one of the guys is an EPT champion, a PCA winner. The other guy is a dude, <laughs> and they're going to play a hand that takes some twists and turns, my friend, more so than even the latest Agatha Christie movie. <laughs> that's right. This is this has gone to hell. This opening has completely been shattered to a million pieces. Let's just start. It's the breakdown. Great times with John Levy. Hey. I thought that was a great opening. I like that opening. I enjoyed that. No, me too. Me too. <laughs> Thank you though. Thank yeah. you for saying that. You never say that actually. Yeah, because I think I think you hit the right area of like failure and scrambling mm. that just felt right to me. Yeah. And I also didn't like, uh, spend too much time on it, which I think sometimes I look up and it's a minute later and you're sort of looking at me like, is this ever going to end? Like, <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here, you know, yeah. and like I ended it quicker. So maybe mm. you like that too. So I, the, the thing yeah. that Jonathan teased is that I don't actually know what the last action in the hand is. Right, I forgot about that. I know, <laughs> I know a lot about what happens in the yeah. hand, but there's, there's some strange plays that go down at the end, and I don't know how one player responds to the strange plays. Right. There's a very strange play that happens, and it's like, uh-uh. And what you could... I'm, and I said, Grant, don't, don't find out what happens at the very end. We'll, it'll be slightly more interesting. Yeah. Maybe there's a way to make the podcast interesting again. Grant, Never. Give it some life. No chance. So people will... Not hate it as much as they do. <laughs> yeah, but they're forced to listen to it, which is yeah. why we keep making it. It's like um, a Clockwork Orange at the end, except it's with audio. Yeah. And it's our podcast, specifically. Right. So they, they take your ears, they put those little metal things on them to keep them open no matter what, <laughs> so you can't close them. Yeah. It's weird, because you wouldn't think that's necessary, but they do it anyway. It's a little more uncomfortable for you. They do it to your eyes, too, but there's nothing to see. Yeah. And, Even though uh, you said we have something for your peepers, which <laughs> I think that means eyes, right? Yeah. No, it does. But that was... Um, that was different. <laughs> that was when I was talking 50 style. I said, unwind your mind. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Did you know that if you unraveled your brain, it would go all the way to the moon? That cannot be true. I just made that up. <laughs> but people love saying shit like that yeah. about different things. I think if you took like every piece, every like, yeah, I don't want to do it. Who gives I don't a know. shit? Yeah, it's a, you, you can stretch stuff out for a long ways if you take lots of small things and line them up. What yeah. a shock. Yeah. <laughs> There's small stuff. And if you make it really small, then you can make it longer. Yeah. Like, cool. I don't give yeah. a shit, scientists. Thanks, Stephen Hawking. I yeah. What, what else have you done for yeah, us? Yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's someone who died potentially listening to the podcast. It's, he could have, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He could have been. Could have been. He, was he a listener? I think it's... At any point? It's fair to assume that he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, all of the great minds are. Who do you think is the most famous person who's ever listened to at least... 30 minutes of our podcast cumulatively, like in the, of all time, who's the most famous person? Well, I know back in 2015, in the second year of the podcast, yeah, w- during the State of the Union, Barack Obama was actually listening to the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So he's, he was pretty famous. That's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. That was more, that's one of the most famous people ever. Yeah. So 
that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. What's really impressive is that he delivered the State of the Union while listening to the podcast. Yeah, he had a little little earpiece. Yeah, yeah. That's why every so often he'd sort of stop and smile a little bit. Yeah, he'd be I like, was... Jonathan did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Those openings are just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Pristine. He's like, inside joke. Yeah. Because <laughs> he used the word pristine. I mean, the most famous person who's listened to the podcast, I have no idea. Yeah. We know the, like, I know that it's at least Daniel Negreanu. Like, right. Yeah. Sure. Great. Like, that's I mean, like, no offense, but come that's on. That's the minimum. Is that the best we can do? That's the minimum. We can't do better than Daniel. Not that Daniel Negreanu is. Is Brian Koppelman more famous than Daniel Negreanu? I don't think so, but I don't know. Okay. He certainly has listened to the podcast. Yeah. Um, what about the guy from the Yo, it's racist. Yo, is this racist? <laughs> I know he lists. It's Andrew T. Uh, Daniel Negreanu is probably more famous. I think so. Yeah. I would think so, but I don't know what those numbers are, but he's got to be more famous than Andrew T, right? And sorry, Andrew, if we're wrong, you know, let us have it. Yeah. Put us on blast. Um, Ainsley Harriet. Can't be. Celebrity chef. Yeah. I don't even know if he listens to the podcast. No, just he watches watch poker, poker time, time. For, for Action Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably listened to 30 minutes in his life yeah. though, if he watches all those poker times. Um, I feel like we could, and I don't mean this to be a put down in everyone, but I feel like we could do a little better. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you become more famous? <laughs> Sean Penn, where are you? You know I what mean, I'm saying? He's doing Sean Penn stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bad example. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Sure. Mm-hmm. McConaughey. You'd love that if McConaughey was a listener. I mean, depends. You know, I know um, Esfandiari's listened. Sure, but Negreanu's Negreanu's more, famous. more famous. Yeah, Hel- Helmuth has listened. Is he more famous than Negreanu? They're similar. Yeah, they are. All right, fine. I don't know. I'm done with this. So it's probably Obama. Yeah. What's the most famous alive person? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's a weird. That's a very strange joke. Very strange yeah. joke. Yeah. Sometimes you know they they just start and they stop and that was it. That was the whole thing. We're already done with that bit. We're moving on. Okay, great. Because there's nothing there. All right, I have a question for you. Okay. And I'll see if you can get this one right. Okay. What city does this event take place in? Oh, okay. It's, um, it's Prague. That is correct. Woo! I had to think about it. Don't say Prague. Don't say Prague. Don't say Prague. <laughs> Prague. I can't believe how many times you've said Prague and been corrected. Um, like, well, it happened about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I know did. that. Um, and you love it every time. You it's, take such joy out of very those fun. moments. It's very fun. <laughs> I, you know... I don't know what to say. It's, I, I grew up reading the word without hearing it said, and I, in my head I said it a particular way, and it's hard to get out of that, you know? Yeah. It's burned in there. I think it's funny to, to, to find these little things. I understand. That's fair. That's fine. I don't mind. Get, take, take what joy you can out of life, Grant. Yeah. You know, fucking gather you rosebuds while you may and all that. I think uh, this is not the same thing, but like little, little idiosyncrasies that, that people have I think are very funny. Like, like for example... There's a, a lot of people, and I think this may include my wife, and it may include you, Okay. who, at least inherently, maybe if they thought about it, they would not think it anymore, but they think, as an example, if they were to walk into a house on a cold day and the furnace wasn't on. Oh, here we go. Yeah. They think that if they put it on 85, it'll get to, seven, <laughs> it'll get to 70 faster yeah. than if they put it on 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, which, I, of course, it does not. Yeah, no, of course like, it doesn't. No, and I, I will count myself among that group, even yeah. though I understand intellectually that's not the case. It's really hard on a deep bone emotional <laughs> level not to want to turn it up more anyway. Do you think if you put on 85, the furnace is like, I'm going to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> I think the furnace will try harder, not I'm going to try harder. The right. furnace, furnace might get what I'm, co- what I'm coming from. You know, it's like, oh, so you're really cold. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Maybe the... No, no. I can't, I can't find a way to get there. Um, no, but that is... That I am one of those people. I have been, and I, I fight it, you know, because I know when I'm doing it that it's wrong. Yeah. I do understand that. And I sometimes don't do it, but if I'm really cold... Also, it's kind of a free roll if you're really cold, right? It doesn't hurt you. I mean, if it gets really hot and you're like, oh, I'm too hot now. I mean, when does that happen? When am I too hot? 
You've been, you've been in Las Vegas. I've been there with oh you. Oh, my God. You've so been too hot. hot. But I'm not turning up the heat in Las Vegas. Well, no. When have we ever used the well, heat? So what's your point? Your point is, well, the only time I'm ever hot is in Las Vegas. I'm never turning up the heat there, so this is never an issue. I think you're the one with the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the listeners are thinking, like, are you sure it doesn't go faster? Like, I, you know, I think it's split probably down the middle of there are people who are like that, and the other people are like, Jonathan is such a fucking idiot for doing <laughs> that, right? I would think it would be about 50 yeah. 50. And the other people are like, I'm with Jonathan, man. But the people who like, are like Grant in this, I'm just saying that every, whatever the subsection of, of the listeners who are like, no, I do that too, and I understand. They think we are fucking stupid guys. They like underneath it all, they're <laughs> like, these guys are morons because <laughs> they can't get past like how isn't so obvious to us because it seems so straightforward, right? So I just want to say they're, they're looking down on us. Grant no, right now is looking I'm not, down on you. I'm not. He's looking down on me. <laughs> I can understand the instinct that leads you to that assumption, but then mm-hmm. if you just take a second to think about it, of yeah. course, that goes away. Well, for you. Okay. I, I, will, I will say, like, I sometimes do take a second to think about it and still do it. <laughs> just in so, case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't build this fucking heater. What do yeah. I know? Yeah, but no. I mean, you're right. I'll acknowledge you're right on this um, this time. And it's too Thank bad. You. I hate I hate ever acknowledging anything, especially you being right. I savor the times you're wrong. I've been wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once. And I love it every time you are, especially when you're smug about it and then wrong. Which yeah, those, lo- are, those are great. Luckily, we have... Numerous examples of those on the podcast. I love it when that happens. Me too. It's wonderful. Yeah. And so everyone else gets to hear that too, which I know the half of the audience that's the, the, the thermostat, you know, to 85 group, we all love that. <laughs> <laughs> the idiots. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. The idiots. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's okay. Not everyone can be above average. If everyone was above average, then, you, then the average would be higher. Why don't we just put all the people who are below average, like underground or something, so we don't have to think about but them. But then, then... Think about it. The people who are left, what are you going to do with the half who are below average now? You're going to keep putting them underground? No, no, no. You've got half, like, no, half life yourself. There's a threshold. Ob- oblivion. There's, there's, a, there's a threshold. At that point, we have utopia. We don't have all the idiots. Oh, you say that. But as soon as whatever the bottom of the crust is intellectually, you will attack. Because it's, you'll be like, well, yeah, you're smart about this and this and this, but I saw what you did with that, with that heater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, you agree with me on all the major issues and how the world should be and how people should be and all the laws and everything. But you made it 84 degrees when you only wanted it to be 81, and you got to go. <laughs> you wanted like, it to be 81? In certain circumstances. When? When, when you die if it's 80 or lower, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. If you've, have you ever set a thermostat to 81 and been like, when, when it's at 81, I'm good. I wanted I, to stay there. I don't believe I have. Yeah. No, I don't believe I've ever set it to 81, period. I don't 81. Believe. That's pretty high. Yeah. Um, I, have a, <laughs> yeah. I have some friends who are just in town, um, and they had an Airbnb. And it's a couple and a kid. And the woman, um, she likes it very warm. And so when we went go over to their place, uh, the first time my daughter was there, she like, we left and we're like, does she have a fever? She looks horrible. She looks like all red. And, and like, I was feeling kind of bad. I was like, I wonder if we're all sick. We should, this, this mm. is a problem. But it turns out they just have the thermostat on like 76 all the time. Really? Yeah. 76. Yeah. Is that like, do they like walk around naked or something? No. Why are they, why so hot? I don't know. You think that'd be uncomfortable for them? Uh, yeah, you you know these people. Yeah, I know. Where where is she from originally? It's like the, the Bay Area. I mean, okay, it yeah. doesn't really make sense though. Yeah, huh? I don't know people like that in the world. I know people who like it too cold, usually, but not people who like it too. I'm hot. probably one of the people who likes it too cold, according to you. I would guess. Yeah, you probably are. I, I like sixty eight. Sixty eight, just in general, like during the day. Yeah, sixty eight. 
Like if the house is set to 68, I feel like that's pretty good. But like if it's actually 68 degrees, because sometimes it's set to 68, but that's because it's 72 outside, so it's comfortable, you know, because it's actually, you know. What, what do you mean? What do I mean? <laughs> you mean, I, so you, uh, when you set the thermostat, you don't expect it to achieve that number? Oh you're, oh, you're saying not just for heat. You're saying for like central whatever. If I were to, climate, choose, climate. If I were to choose a temperature to be in indoors be, or outdoors. 68. Indoors or outdoors, I would choose 68. That's it, a crazy if, temperature. If there wasn't like too much wind or anything. So this is like you wear a hat and a sweater all the time, I guess. No and, sweater. And booties. It's you wear booties. Yeah, I wear booties, but, th- but that's a style thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're wearing a hat right now. You're wearing a winter hat indoors right now as I'm wearing a T-shirt. I noticed this. So maybe you're just naturally like... I mean, it's a very thin winter hat. But still, a winter hat nonetheless. A knit hat you're wearing. Yeah. Is this just like a fashion thing for you? Are you trying to be cool? Do you think it looks good? It doesn't. I like to... <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I mean, I just prefer to wear a hat versus not sometimes because yeah. I don't want to deal with it and, you know... This is a hat that I had. Okay. So you do wear a lot of hats. I mean, I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. And I don't mean like you have a lot of different things you do. In Not that you're aware of. Not that you're aware of. That is true. Yeah. You keep your daughter alive sometimes. I mean, my wife keeps I mean, sometimes you don't. My wife keeps my daughter <laughs> alive. <laughs> but you do some of that too, right? Yeah. You both do it. Yeah. So that's something. That's a real responsibility. I do that. It's a lot more work than not doing that. Yes, that I believe. Like, I look at your life and I'm like, holy shit, what does that guy even do? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, he looks at a computer all day. I look at a, I look at a lot of screens. I'll yeah. say that. That's like, bad for you, probably, to look at that uh, many screens. I don't know. I feel pretty calm and pretty chill and pretty good, though. Yeah. Until um, you wake up sweating in the middle of the night, <laughs> needing yeah. a screen. I take a lot of take a lot of naps. I uh, I surf the internet a lot. I do a lot of uh, fun crypto things. I watch a lot of Netflix. I go to the movies. I hang out with people. I eat some food. That's that's great. Cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> it's a really wonderful existence. Wake actually. up sweating because you I, set the thermostat to eighty-one. I have the least stress of anyone I know. I'll say that um, I am the stress-free living over here. I guess you don't have stress in your life, sure. Yeah, but I would say I am equally not stressed as you, even though my life might have more stressful components. I don't. I feel like I'm generally a non-stressed person. I think you are a non-stressed person, but I think you have more things that would cause stress than I. Yeah, do. I yeah, mean, it makes having, sense. You have a wife and a child. Yeah. I mean, come on. Just having a kid adds yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, for sure. Probably being married, too. I mean, that's not a put down a marriage. No. But like, you know, you, now you have to accommodate a, another person. I know your wife. Yeah. She's a strong personality. She know? is. So she I can is. see how there would be times where that would be, that could be yeah. potentially stressful. We, we're pretty copacetic, though, for no, the most No, no, you are. You yeah. are. I'm just saying. No, she's not meek in any way. No, she is not. <laughs> that is the least. I would have, I would have <laughs> no, there's no chance I would ever end up married to a meek person. That, mm. That's just not a thing I would do. Right. Well, you did not. No, I did, did not. not. I'll say that. Yeah, she's scary. She scares Jonathan a little bit. She scares you more than she scares me, bro. Well, there's more consequences for me. <laughs> so uh, this is the stress part yeah. I'm telling you about. <laughs> yeah. She scares me a lot less than she scares you, but partially because I mostly don't have to, you know, I can leave anytime I want. Yeah. We're making her sound like a monster, which she is not. <laughs> she's right. like... She's not really a monster. That's, that's overstating it. She's like a, a, a good demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she's actually a good, really nice person. Right, right. No, we have to say that. <laughs> Oh, it's true. No, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> you love her very much. She's your wife. She's the best. She's pretty good at giving Jonathan shit. That's I don't really think of her as giving me a lot of shit, actually. Sometimes she gives you some shit. Does she? I don't know. I'm kind of used to people giving me shit. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I give you a lot of I shit. I mean, come on. I'm very used to it. My whole life, people give me shit because it's a way of uh, being friends with me. You're, well, you're one myself. of those like punchable folk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made I made it into a brand. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, one of the you're one of the subpopulations you belong to are the punchable folk. Yeah, you know the punchable folk have got a lot going for them. They talk a lot. They talk a lot. Yeah, they take up. A, they get a lot of attention. 
Um, they're often somewhat successful because people don't generally don't want to punch down. They want to punch up. Mm-hmm. So that's a perfect example why you want to punch me in the face so much. Punching up, bro. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Right now, your face. You want to hit me right now. I, I can see it. <laughs> could, you, could you blame me? Would anybody blame me? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. It's great to be a punchable person. More people should want to be hated. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good point. There's, there's something to work for, work towards. Fail and hatred. Do those two things in your life, and then you'll, then you'll be somebody. You'll, you'll carve out some character. I mean, that, that's a dark road you're going down. That's, yep. that's the reason that some people like, want to kill famous people. Oh, wow. Yeah. You re- now, you took that to a very dark place. You like that. I do not. Well, would I like that? You like all darkness. You're like obsessed with darkness. You don't like Come any on. movie unless everybody dies. I like it when people die. <laughs> <laughs> in movies, in movies. I like that. Yeah, that's a good thing. Because yeah. then there's stakes. I want stakes. There can be stakes and you can win. Of course, but I want the possibility. I want to believe that it's really possible for someone for there to be stakes. And often in movies, they have fake stakes. You know, like yeah. great example: every James Bond movie. Sure. Guess who's not going to die in every James Bond movie? Yeah. The only time James Bond is going to die is when it's Daniel Craig's last movie, and we all know it ahead of time. So of course he's going to die. But that's the only time he can die, right? Yeah. That's it. He's never going to die. We know that. There's a lot of it makes a lot of those scenes less exciting. You know, in my opinion. Sure. You know? um, but if we thought like at any moment Daniel Craig could could buy it and there'd be a new 007 right away and we couldn't see it coming like that would i think that would really change the electricity same thing with like a spider-man movie or anything else you know yeah they have to make those things entertaining in other ways because they don't have that i typically agree with that but let's let's remove ourselves from franchises for a second okay it was just like one-off movies yeah that's better there's no reason to believe even if it's the type of movie where the hero probably doesn't die there's no actual reason to believe that the hero can't die strong disagree um they can die at the end but if it's a big star how often does a big star die in the middle of a movie? Have you seen The Hurt Locker? I have. Is, is Guy Pierce a big star now? At is that time, they thought he might be. Come on. Come on. That's like eight years removed from Memento, which was an indie movie. Yeah. It made like $12 million. That's like the biggest thing he's ever been in. Come on. He's not a, we knew who he was. It was still surprising he died. I'll grant you. And it did set up the movie differently. Yeah. So it still worked to a large degree. But he's not, he ain't Tom Cruise. If Tom, Tom Cruise is never dying in the middle of a Tom Cruise movie. Ever. I don't know what's happening in the new Top Gun movie, but Tom Cruise ain't dying in the middle. I'll tell you that. He's going to be alive until at least the last five minutes of that movie or 10 minutes of the movie. I would guess all the way through because I'm sure they want to do another sequel. You know who isn't dying in any of the Matrix movies? That would be Keanu Reeves. Oh, they actually did die at the end of the third one. But then they brought him back anyway. These are franchises yet again that we're talking about. No. Well, Top Gun wasn't, though. I'm saying any Tom Cruise movie, that's going to be the case, though. Yeah. Right? Any big star. So we know who the big stars are, so they're protected in the same way. Margot Robbie ain't dying in any movie she's the star of until the end. Well, there's there's some examples of movies where that's not the case. Like, there I, are. I can't remember. I saw something recently where like the, the biggest star died partway yeah. through. I don't remember what it's it was. It's great when they do it. It's, it's them going out of their way to actually um, like try and add stakes to it, really. Yeah. And so they'll pay someone more money to like give us that experience, really. Mm-hmm. So that does happen a little bit, but still very rarely. And and when you're talking about, like, Tom Cruise is, Brad Pitt is, those, yeah. they are not dying midway through it. They just aren't. Yeah. You know, no matter what. So, I mean, uh, one example of someone dying midway through, and if this is a spoiler, sorry. If you don't want to have it's any... Been, it's been over 10 years. If you don't want to have anything spoiled at all for you, yeah. fast forward about a minute. It's okay even if you hear this, really. But this movie's worth seeing even if you know this, too. But George Clooney dies halfway through Gravity, which was mm. a surprise. Yeah. And that was great. And that did add stakes to it. Yeah. Um, now, the, the mechanics by which he died were completely wrong, and that's not how any of that stuff works, but still, it was great. 
And the movie, I thought was, I think it's a great movie. And, uh, and made the whole thing more exciting. Even though it's like, now you're like, well, Sandra Bullock probably can't die. But I don't know, felt pretty dangerous to me after that. Now it's like anything's, I don't yeah. know. I can't believe George Clooney's not here anymore. You know, it was great. Of course, the best example of this is Game of Thrones seasons one through four. Of course. And then Game of Thrones seasons five through eight or nine or whatever, where they go the other way with yeah. it. Jon Snow will not die no matter what situation. Even we though he died, in. he did not die. Right. Yeah. But like we can fucking drop him to the bottom of a zombie lake with chains all around him. And he's surrounded by, you know, all zombies who can kill him. And he just gets out. No problem. Everything's fine. Yeah. Like it just never ends with that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, anyway. They, they went the other way with it. Yeah. So should we get to this poker hand? Or yeah, what? let's do that. <laughs> All right. Normal way to open a podcast. Yeah. It was only, what, an hour and a half in? We're only 20 minutes in. Come oh, on. God. This is like nothing for us. Chris Jones probably enjoyed that. Yes. There, there are lots of people who enjoyed that, damn it. Chris Jones <laughs> is one of them. He suggested this hand on Discord. Yes. He is of the Rec Poker Podcast. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah. All, all day. Minnesota. They, they have hot dish. They have hot dish? Hot dish. Is that a thing? It's like a casserole, except in Minnesota, you call it hot dish. Really? And it's, uh, I, and Chris Jones might correct me on this. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but because I know some people from Minnesota and it, it's hot dish and it's not necessarily a planned casserole. It's like the leftovers in your fridge and you just put some cheese on top and you bake it. That's hot dish. It sounds horrible. It doesn't sound great. <laughs> Here's another thing about Minnesota that is fucking strange. Great. You know the, the game Duck, Duck, Goose? I do. Do you know what they called it in Minnesota? No. Duck, duck, gray duck. I am not kidding. Huh. Yeah. Gray duck. Like, ah! they, like they just don't have a word for goose. So they call it. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day go. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Huh. The Minnesotans, they're their own culture, man. I they're guess their so. Own people. You know, Fargo. Fargo was good. I know Fargo is in North Dakota, but the, uh, yeah. the movie takes place somewhat in Minnesota, does it not? I believe it does. Oh, it does? Okay. It's in both. It's in both. It's Fargo's like where they're going or something. It's like been the, a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, Minnesota, duck, duck, gray duck. Yeah. 10,000 lakes, hot dish, mayonnaise on salads. Let's go. Let's go. Chris okay. Jones, thank you for suggesting on Discord. It's a great place to be. There's a link in the description. Uh, the solver work on this is going to be done by Danny Sprung. He's going to post his work on Discord. We're also going to take a look at that after our analysis, come back and talk about it. So get on Discord. We'll see you there. Okay. Whatever right. you say. Okay. I'll just do whatever you pointed me to do, Grant. No problem. You're, I'm your... No, I get baby. it. I get it. You're not a part of my system. I right. get it. That's right. Threw it on the ground. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. So this is uh, day three of the EPT Prague main event. It's 5,000 euro buy-in. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought you said it wrong. As a, <laughs> as a joke. As a joke. <laughs> but no, you said it right. That's how far. I wonder if you'll ever like solidify that in your mind. You'll just get it. Uh, I don't know. Someday. I don't think so. I, I got some other ones like that. Like comparable, preferable. I used to say preferable and comparable and learned not to say that anymore. And Aren't like, those look, actually interchangeable? Like you could say it and it would still be technically correct? I don't. Well, it's possible like we've sort of batted or battered the dictionary into submission with the way we use it that now it is like that. But it was not in the old days. I know that. Like because I was taught, I was corrected many times ah. by my friend who was good at it. And I actually really learned to think differently about those things. So I got a shot is what I'm saying with, with Prague as you well. You know what's a weird one? Which I, maybe this is like a coastal thing. Maybe East Coast has it different. But like I've always said the word harassment, like harassment. Instead of harassment. Yeah. But like yeah. some people say harassment and that's yeah. weird to me. And it feels like there's such uppity people when you say harassment. Like, okay, we get it. You, you went to school somewhere. No one cares. God. No, I, I hear you. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I've always said harassment too, but definitely some people say it the other way. 
That's just odd to me. Yeah. But anyway, it's a it's a poker tournament. Anyway, yeah, day three, EPT Prague, we have burst the bubble. Um, We're but, in the money. But there's 99 remaining, so the ICM is not going to be a factor really at all here. It's going to be small jumps for quite a while. I, I'll tell you, just to give you a sense, so the min cash was almost 9,000 euro. With 99 left, we are at 11,000 euro, and first place is still... Almost 700,000 euros, so to your point. Yeah, so we're not going to be worried about ICM in this hand. No. Um, so we got Colm Chan on the button. Colm, yeah. like Colm Meany. Who knows who Colm Meany is? Raise your hand if you know who Colm Meany is. I'm raising my hand. I know. For those of you who have seen Layer Cake, which is like a cult classic that is probably overrated. Yeah, definitely overrated. Yeah, but that's what, that's what launched Daniel Craig's career, right? Pretty much. I mean, it certainly helped. Yeah. No question about it. Also, that was Guy Ritchie, I think, but he was already famous. Yeah. Colm Meany. He's in stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this is Colm Chan. Right. Uh, he's on the button. He's got 520,000 at the 3K, 6K blind level, so he's doing quite well. He's Irish. Uh, what do we know about Colm Chan other than that he shares a name with Colm Meany? He's 48,000 uh, uh, and 58th on the all-time money list. That's pretty low. As we do this. He's got... Well, I guess I can tell you because it doesn't matter for this. Um, his total live earnings is just a titch under $64,000. Okay. So he's not a big live, live player, at least. Right. He's not a big tournament reg. Yeah, for sure. He might be an online guy. We don't know. He could be. Yeah. He could be. Um, there's, there's plenty of those people. Anyway, he's got king six off on the button. King of hearts, six of clubs. He's going to make it 15K. Yeah. Seems fine to me. The big blind is Dimitar. No, Ditmar. Ditmar. Danchev. Dimitar. Dimitar. It's Dimitar. Wrong again. Greg. I got it. It's Dimitar like, Danchev. Like Scimitar. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, He's uh, from Bulgaria. That's a pretty sweet nickname, by the way. The Scimitar. That is a good nickname. Yeah. Or even just Scimitar. Scimitar yeah. Danchev. That's strong. That's, a, that's fucking awesome. I want it so bad now. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I want that to be my name. Anyway. Yeah. So what is... Dimitar Danchev, where is he on the all-time money list, Grant? So he's got about $5 million in earnings, right? Almost exactly. Because he won the PCA. Yep, long time ago. And he's done well in other EPT events. He's done well enough, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't had a big score in a long time. Yeah. But still. Okay, so all-time earnings, $5 million. Where does that put him these days? That's the question. 160th? 292nd. Okay. One more question, and then we'll get into the hand. Where does he stand on the Bulgaria all-time money list? It's got to be first through it, third. It is definitely first through third. First? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Grant. I mean, there could be some player. I'm like, oh, that's a Bulgarian guy? I didn't know that. I didn't well, know that Ola Shemian was Bulgarian or something. You know, like, I know he's German, but... You, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at the top 10, and I've never heard of any of these people. So there you go. That made it easy. In fact, he's got almost twice the amount of the number two guy. Okay. Good Good for Scimitar. Yeah. The Scimitar. I thought it was just Scimitar. Scimitar Danchev. <laughs> the is, Scimitar. This god of... People have... Said that before, for sure, right? Of course. It's the only thing that rhymes with Dimitar. <laughs> no, it's, he's heard that. Yeah, but it's still awesome. Yeah. Anyway, he's got 395K, so he's going to be the effective stack in this hand in the big blind. Okay. Um, so he's working with you know 60-plus big blinds here, almost 65. Um, he's got ace-deuce offsuit, ace of hearts, deuce of spades. He's going to defend. All this seems fine so far. Yeah, I'm cool. How I'm frequently do you want to three-bet this hand in this spot? I know it's pretty common to call out of the big blind with a lot of hands, but, you know, big blind versus button, we're relatively deep in a tournament where each pot can matter a lot. We have a blocker. Do you want to three-bet sometimes, Ace off? Maybe a little bit. Um, the more my opponent is opening the button, the more I'm open to three-betting here. Yeah. You know, so if I feel like they're very wide, it can be hard to know, though, when you're in a tournament setting. Like, it doesn't fold that often to the button, right? right. Oftentimes, especially, well, maybe maybe because, well, we were just, actually, the bubble burst a while ago now that I think about it because it's right, 99 players left. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's possible we just don't have a lot of data on his button openings. And if we don't have a lot of data, I don't see a, a huge reason to turn this into a three bet. Like, but if yeah. we feel like he's, you know, he's wide here, he's pretty darn wide, then I think we can attack it more. Yeah. I can see arguments both ways. I yeah. mean, the ace is a blocker, but also your opponent is supposed to continue on ace high flops, and you're often going to have the best hand on those flops. Yep. So that, that's a reason to call. That's a good reason to call for sure. Also, you get to keep the pot small, which is nice. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. They also maybe were deep enough that they, we, our opponent may be more inclined to call our three bets, mm-hmm. especially also now that like we're in the money and we're far away from any right. ICM stuff. They may be like, okay, let's like, well, I'm in position. Let's see if we can make something happen. Right. Here, like nine, know? ten suited might turn into a call where it was a full yeah. before the bubble. I think exactly it would. Yeah. Right. I mean, I would call that. Yeah. I think in this spot. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the blade calls. Nice. You like that? We no. tr- You like Scimitar Danchev better yeah, than way that? better. The yeah. blade is terrible. I said nice uh, sarcastically. <laughs> Whatever, Prague. Prague. It's Prague. Shit. All right, there's 39,000 <laughs> in the pot. Okay. The flop is king of spades, ten of hearts, four of diamonds. Sure. So Colm Chan flops top pair, no kicker, and it's kind of a terrible flop for Ace Deuce. There's nothing going on here for Ace Deuce. There's nothing going on. We have a back. We have two back doors. Yeah. That's all. Danchev's going to check, sure. Yep. Chan's going to bet. I guess from a board perspective, you're supposed to bet this all the time. Is there a time when you'd like to check this against certain opponents? I think so. I think there are hands we could check here. We're going to have some medium-strength hands we check, right? We're going to check some tens. We're going to check sometimes jacks and queens. We're yeah. not always betting those. Um, a king with a bad kicker is a candidate to check as well, at least some of the time, because you want to keep some top pair of hands in your checking range, yeah. too. Um, so, but I think mostly we're betting this though. Still, there's like a lot of gut shots and the like that mm-hmm. our opponent can have. Jack nine, queen jack, you know, whatever. He can have tens. He can't really have worse kings. I mean, he can right now, but if he's got a worse king, we're almost always chopping. Yeah. Um, but we can bet just to deny some equity. And because, as you were saying, we bet this board a fair amount. Yeah. Yep. Since we bet this board a fair amount, we're supposed to size it a little small, which That's is correct. what Chan does. He bets 12K. So, I mean, like, based on this guy. Opening King Six off in the first place in a 5K, it makes me think that he probably plays at least a decent amount of tournament poker. Like, because yeah. if the 5K was a huge buy-in for him, and uh, there's an EPD champion in the big blind, he might be a little bit afraid of opening King Six off on the button. I agree. And then also down betting on this flop when you're supposed to down bet, it shows like just these little little cues that he maybe knows a little bit about what he's doing. Maybe. I mean, mostly people down bet on flops these days in tournament poker, right? And so he might just be. Yeah. Copying along that. But but you're right. Opening King Six in that spot is not something everyone's gonna do. Yeah. That's fair. Um here's something odd. Okay. The scimitar calls. Yeah. So I, I mean like I don't feel like we need this hand in order to achieve MDF, right? Like it seems like we have a lot of hands that we can achieve MDF with, and this doesn't need to be in there. Look how cool you are now to achieve MDF. You just you never mentioned MDF like until two weeks ago, and now you're Mr. I you basically have a t-shirt that's like the one thing I love in life is minimum defense frequency. I'm just using it as a stand-in for for saying a lot more words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I understand. Yeah. I get it. I'm just picking on you because I love it. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about it, though. Um, so I wonder if that's true. So, like, we're defending a really wide range in the big blind, right? Yeah. Our minimum defense frequency, when he bets 12K into, what, 35, 36K, something more 39. than 39. Of course, we're 39. not supposed to do perfect MDF in a tournament scenario where that's we true. start with fewer than 200 blinds. That's a fair point. Yeah. That's a fair point. Um, but... You know, folding, I, I wonder if we're supposed to fold when we got the two backdoor straights. My inclination would be to fold, to be clear. Like, yeah, I mean, um, I can... But can I wonder if we're actually doing MDF, if that's true. I mean... We're defending so much in the big blind, so much crap. 
You know, yeah. that's like insta folds. Like, you know, I mean, what are we doing with seven six? We're folding, right? Seven seven. I mean, eight, I, I seven, would argue. Nine. I would argue that a hand like queen six of spades is a better hand to call with than this. Yeah, I think that's probably correct. And so if that's true, then we don't need this fucking hand. I want to fold it for sure. Because that Let means me be queen clear. six of hearts and queen six of diamonds are also better hands. And so yeah. all the iterations thereof, you know? Yep. Yeah. Like all the backdoor stuff yeah. when he bets cheaply anyway is pretty good at least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, my inclination is to fold also. Um, I mean, we're beating some things, though, because the button opened and the button's going to continue a lot, right? So if we call, what we need to do if we call here is we need our opponent to be the kind of guy who gives up a lot on the turn, right? And has hands that... I mean, like, the one problem besides just we don't need this hand in order to have enough hands to call with is, like, there's not that many prospects, right? Like, right. And, and beyond there not being many prospects, any hands that we're beating have reasonable equity against us here. Like, maybe, mm. he, maybe he's got some hands, like, 7-9 that have, like, not that much equity I mean, against us. But queen do suited is the only things we're, like, really crushing yeah. here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and the thing is, like, if our opponent isn't going to knuckle on almost any card on the turn, what are we doing? Right? Yeah. Like, because, like, if he's got, we need him to give up on gut shots, basically, right? Because otherwise we're screwed. By the way, us having two back doors, they're not good back doors. No. We pick up a, a best case scenario besides hitting an ace is picking up a gutter on the turn. That's right. all we're picking up. It's not that good. Right. Like, if you have queen six of spades, you can turn the jack of spades and all of a sudden you have a monster. Right. Right. You can turn spades, you can turn a jack, you can turn a queen. Yeah. You're kind of excited about all those, and then there's the dream of the jack of spades. Right. Like, that's all really good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So that's, that's a great point. I, I, th- I think that we're supposed to toss this away, um, unless this guy shuts down all the time when he, with his misses and just never tries again. If we've seen him do that a lot, we could call once. I, I think. still it's don't not, think it's, it's terrible. I, don't, I still don't think it's worth it. You could be right. I mean, maybe in position I could see that happening. Position is way better, of course. Yeah. Maybe we can fold out better ace high. Maybe this is why Scimitar Danchev doesn't have many recent results. Oh, snap! I can't believe you said it, but it's actually a really good point. His, his results for the last, I would say, decade are pretty un, unexciting compared to what he had been doing. Like, it feels like he did all his damage in, like, before the 2010, before 2010 or something. Well, that actually like that. makes sense with this mindset, right? Like, yeah. the, the P.S. Hines era of poker was, like, the pure aggro era. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like, to be good meant you were the most aggressive player at the table. It was Chris Oliver's were dominating the world. Yeah. I'm um, being a little harsh, by the way, when I said 2010. That's not exactly right. 2011, he won $827,000, finishing second in the San Remo main event on the EPT. Um, and then he won, of course. He, I mean, he's had some other... He won in uh, 2013 was the PCA. Okay. But since then, those are like the two really, really big scores. I mean... Just saying. This is not necessarily indicative that he's actually fallen off and isn't good or anything i'm not really saying that but yeah. but i i i will take the position that like this type of mindset the like being a non-believer to the extent that we call with too many hands was probably actually profitable in like 2008 through 2013 right. when everybody was super aggro right right like that was probably a really good guy to be at that time and i don't know if that's the case anymore i mean this guy may be super aggro yeah but of course, if he's super aggro, this is not a great hand to do it with, which is sort of what you were talking about. Right. right like, are we really going to hold on on an eight? How can we hold on? We yeah. can't really hold on. It's absurd. There's so many better spots. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like this either. Um, by the way, he won about $300,000 in uh, one of the crazy eights, finishing third back in the day in the World Series. Okay. Also. But that was, again, these yeah. are all a long time ago. But, you know, he, he's, he's obviously a good player. He's got some, well, he's got something going on where okay. he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even like stand behind. He's obviously a good player, Kenya. It's. I mean, I'm not saying you should. I'm just laughing. I don't like it. this. I don't like this play. 
but yeah, that's but all. That's he, all we know. We he obviously like does some things well. You can't you can't accumulate the winnings that he has without doing some things well. I mean, ten years ago, yeah, um, yeah. The other thing is though, like he may have information about the opponent that we don't have, yes. right? And so that may make this an okay call. Like he may be able to sit here and say, "Well, look, this guy was opening every button, mm-hmm. um, wasn't folding the three bets, was continuing on the flop, and then shutting down." Yep. Every time he didn't have it, he'd shut down. No matter what he had, he'd shut down with nine high. Mm-hmm. So I felt I could call once, and if he shuts down, great. And if he doesn't, I can easily fold the turn. And like it's, a, I feel like that's that's barely profitable. And like maybe he's right. Maybe he is, but. Even that feels like you could have just three bet him then if he's opening every button. And right. I don't know. Like, and who these, cares if he calls every three bet? Like, well, you're, I mean, you're approaching 60 blinds now with this call. And like yeah. these chips are becoming more and more valuable as you toss them into the pot. So it's, it's a problem yeah. to, to do this with too many hands. I agree. I mean, I think you, I would fold without really thinking much of it, honestly. Yeah. On this board. There's like, if it was like a 5-5-4 five, five, board. Sure. Well, even 5-5-6. Five, five, so we don't have a gutter. I might, Still, I might I raise. Once, I might raise. Oh, raise is even better. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. But if we want to call, we could call there too, I think. Yeah, I think we could. Um, but that's really different. It is. Nonetheless, Danchev does make the call. Okay. Pot's going to be 63K. It is. Nitrogen Sports is going to be 63-yay. Whoa. Yeah. 63-yay. That's how many times you're going to say yay when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports. Wow, that's kind of a lot. Do they have to exactly 63 or at least 63? That's, no, it's, you don't have to. Oh. It's the estimate of the average amounts of yays that the new Nitrogen Sports customer says based on historical data and scientific insight. I feel like you're over-promising when you say that's how many times you're going to say yay instead of like that's how many times the average customer says yay okay. on signing up. That's really different. All right. So what you, what you can do is you can, make, you can actually figure this out using Microsoft Excel. It's pretty easy. Yeah. You just have to input a formula that includes the 63 times of the expected yays. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have to use the, um, I think it's called the, the clan, Clanner Scale. Uh, yeah, it's the Clanner Scale. The Clanner Scale, which determines your level of enthusiasm in life in general. Mm-hmm. It's a 1 to 13 scale. Obviously, Jonathan's a 13. On the, on the Kleiner scale. I'm, yeah. more, I'm more of like an eight, yeah. eight or nine. I'm going to go seven, but sure. Seven, sure. Um, uh, slightly <laughs> slightly above average. Yeah, just barely. Thing, but barely, just yeah. Barely. Okay, so this is the problem with the Kleiner scale is it's a subjective assessment of yourself, and it's hard to, you know, I, I thought I was an eight or a nine. Jonathan, as a casual observer, was like, you're yeah. more of a seven. So maybe you can't get the number exactly right. But anyway, so you get the, you get the 63, you get that, and then you get your Kleiner scale number, and then you divide by 19, and then um, you, you multiply mm. that by pi. Mm. And that will be the amount of yays you will say minus four. So that's easy to do, right? You really committed to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. That's what we do on this podcast. Yeah. You know, I just was in, in marveling at the commitment to that one. That's all. I was just saying, like, he's, he's really doing this. He's still doing it. This is real. This is really happening. So you weren't a big fan of that? This is not, no, I wasn't not a fan of okay. it. I just thought it was, like, interesting because it was really just mathematical formula stuff for, yeah. for the most part. And then you, like, really stayed But I invented it. the Clanner scale. I did like that. Yeah. And I also like my assuredness of, like, oh, no, it is the Clanner scale. <laughs> and then you were talking about it was one of the... By the way, you were then so clear that it's 1 to 13. I was like, oh, maybe it's a real thing. Right. And I just, you know, like, maybe it is a thing. So yeah. that was good. But you just made that up. That's, yeah. like, the one thing you've made up. We don't really make up things on this show, obviously. Right, of course. We're more of a free-form, factual show. <laughs> That's a really good brand. That's really good branding for us. It's a good name. Yeah, too. free-form, factual show. <laughs> anyway, a free-form fact for you all is that Nitrogen offers the monthly Poker Guys tournament only to those who use the link in the description when they sign up. Yeah. That's a free-form fact. That's a... That's... You, you pieces of shit. <laughs> 
Hey, don't they have a uh, sports betting? They do. Games? They do have those are free form facts as well. Yeah. Sports betting <laughs> casino games. It's Bitcoin only, and they don't mess around with your money when you want to withdraw. Ninety minutes or less, it's in your Bitcoin <laughs> wallet. Here's another free form fact for you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see him. Uh, see why it's not a video podcast because Jonathan is doing some weird stuff. He's like pretending he's wearing a zoot suit and he's yeah. on on all sorts oh. of nineteen twenties drugs no, or no, something. No, no, no. It's more like it's the it's like the sixties. It's like I'm a, a hippie. Like oh, okay. my hands are like you know like I'm a, like wavy gravies around and stuff, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> More people have died than have ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> Nitrogen sports. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever said that sentence before. I'm more, just people, that. more people have died than have ever lived. <laughs> Who would think to say that? How can you say that? It's such a crazy thing to say. I said that. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's a, great. That's a Nitrogen sports ad for you. <laughs> <laughs> normal, that's just a normal one. Woo. Just a classic normal Nitrogen sports ad. All right, so back to poker now. Right, right. That just happens in the middle of the show. Every There's time. <laughs> 63,000 chips in the pot. Dan Jeff has ace, deuce off. Uh, he's got ace of hearts, deuce of spades on the king of spades, ten of hearts, four of diamonds, board he check called. Colm Chan has king of hearts, six of clubs. He is the aggressor. He okay. has top pair. Turn is the three of hearts. Yes. So Dan Jeff does pick up a gut shot. Um, yes, what a magical turn. You know, he also has the ace of hearts if he wants to do something with that if another heart comes, but... It's not super believable when it's backdoor. It's not. So it's not really a great idea anyway. Uh, so Danchev checks again. So he, I feel like when you check call this hand, maybe you could even lead this card when you pick up equity. I mean, the problem... Well, well yeah, I guess so. I guess you could lead this card. Yeah, because you don't... Because, like, are we check calling again? So maybe you're check raising, we have to fold if he bets. If he bets maybe we're again. check raising. Maybe we're check raising. Maybe we're checking a sizing, actually, and seeing like if we want to check raise or check fold. Yeah. Because we can't check call unless he bets almost nothing. Right. Um, it would be quite disguised if we made a straight. There's that. It would be very disguised. But, but that's you know, four cards. So that's what? only four cards. Yeah. yeah. And three, one of them is a heart, so it yeah. may even be hard to get paid on that one. Right. Um, so now we're down to three good cards, three yeah. really good cards. And an ace may make us the best hand. We also may have the best hand right now. Yeah. But we can't, we can't really check call. So leading is interesting. The problem is on a king ten four three board, it's sort of weird to lead on a three. It's really weird. I mean, we're basically saying we made two pair on the three. We made two pair, and we think he's not going to bet again. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I think a lot of his range is not going to bet yeah, again. I think you're right. On, when you get called in the king high board, yep. Like you're you're betting your good kings plus and some hearts certainly and some, some straight draws, clean, straight draws, clean yeah. jack, etc. Yeah, yeah. But you're not. You're probably not just taking another shot with eight nine, right? No, I don't think you are. Unless you have hearts, I don't think you're taking another shot with that. Yeah. You figure it's just hard. To, you know, the pot's not big enough to get them off stuff easily, right? Unless right. you're going to massively overbet, and you're just mostly not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So leading's interesting, at least. Yeah. I don't think I would do it. No, but... mostly you're just going to check and, like, hope he checks. And when yeah. he does, if he checks, you can, like, bluff or bet for value, depending yeah. on what you have. I guess what Colm Chen does, check. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I it's mean, a reasonable it's check. A, we have no kicker with our king. Uh, if we think a 10 is going to fold with at least some frequency, if we bet again, there's not really a reason to bet. You were basically over-repping our hand when we bet again, yeah. right? Like, this is like a two-street hand at best. Like, you know, unless, unless we've got a huge dynamic with, with the scimitar there. Like, yeah. it's, we're, we're trying to get two streets of value. We probably do better checking it back. The straights are the only real things we need to be afraid of. I guess if the 10 pairs, it's not ideal. Certainly but we, not. But we've kept the pot small enough that we can call really comfortably on the river. Yeah, we, I mean, we don't want the 10 or the 4 to pair. Those are those are Yeah, th cards. those are the worst cards. But we still probably have to call if one of them pairs and he leads, right? Because yeah. the straight draws missed. Yeah, I agree. All right, so it goes check, check. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be cheap, too, right? How much can you bet? Like, there's not that much in the pot. The river is the jack of clubs. So that's a somewhat coordinated card there. Yeah. The, the board now reads king of spades, ten of hearts, four of diamonds, three of hearts, jack of clubs. We've got Danchev left with just ace high with a deuce. And uh, Kolmchan has a no kicker king, king right. six. Okay. So what do you want to do with Danchev on the river? I bet it's not what he does. There's no way it's what he does because I cannot get my head around what he does. I'll say that. Yeah. So uh, those of you at home listening or in the car, what could it be that I cannot get my head around and Grant agrees like instantly? Yeah, this like doesn't, there's only a few things. It can't be checking. Well, right? so it's what, he be, does, what he does is he mucks his hand before action. <laughs> that would be get, a bad he move just too. surrenders the pot. Yeah, you yeah. shouldn't do that. Um, no, he's going to bet an amount. And yeah. The amount is really confusing to me. Yeah, there's 63K in the pot. He does not bet 150K. Right. He bets 7,000. That's super weird. So, okay, I'm starting to come up with possible things around this, I guess I can maybe come up with why this is somewhat reasonable. Maybe. I can come up with a thing or two. Okay. Okay, my first inclination would just be to check on this jack, though, to be clear. Yeah. Um, like, check if he bets, fold. Yeah. You know, move the hell on. If he goes check, check, and he actually, we're winning, it feels like a miracle and almost impossible. Like, I don't know what the hell we were doing in this hand anyway, but whatever. Um, okay, why would we bet 7K here? It can't be to get called by a worse hand. How is Queen High, is Queen High going to call us? Queen Jack is going to call for 7K? Queen Jack made a pair. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, G- Queen High, Queen 9 has to call us? Nope, Queen 9 is a straight. Yeah. Queen 8 suited is the, the next worst hand? That is not calling. No. For, for whatever, 7K. Is this an attempt to not get bluffed by those hands? Like, by, by the nine highs and the queen highs of the world, we're, we're saying, like, we're just going to bet this, and you're just going to give those hands up instead of bluffing me, which I can't call? Uh, I think it's got to be mostly that. Um, I don't know what else it could reasonably be, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's like a weird, it's like a bluff blocker instead yeah. of a blocker. It's like it's a, an interesting thing. It's like, a, I can't call if you bluff, so I'm going to not allow you to bluff. Yeah. I will say this. If, we, if he calls, we always lose, right? Yes. But everyone gets to see what just happened. And some of these people are paying attention. It's a 5K, right? Yeah. They're going to remember that shit. And they yeah. may not remember all the details, but they will remember that we, let, we donked out with like a bad ace high, like that no, no chance for, for a tiny amount. Like it's, it could screw them up in the future. There's some potential meta game stuff. That for 10% for of the pop, by the way. Yeah, it's like a really cheap way to advertise if he does decide to call. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Not that, I don't think that's a good enough reason to do it, but, but that is a benefit that will probably make people call us differently, like put in chips maybe when they shouldn't um, in the future. And we'll know we'll have done it, so we don't have to keep doing shit like this. That's interesting, at least. I think it's, I think it's the bluff blocker thing. It kind of has Except to for what happens in the future may, makes me think, because I don't know what, yeah. th- what happens in the end, but I know something else happens. Yeah, you do. Um, maybe, it's, maybe this is what is supposed to happen in Scimitar's mind. Maybe, um, maybe. All right, so I didn't want to say this as another piece of the possibility because yeah. I wanted people to experience it. But it's it. definitely a possibility. It's got to be part of the thinking a little bit. Right? Yeah, but the question is why, and we'll get to exactly. that. Exactly. Um, so as Chan, 7K feels like, God, I have top pair. Can I really let him off for 7K? Question number two, can we get called by a worse hand if we don't let him off for 7K? Well, there's the whole leveling thing where yes. like Danchev could have Queen Jack himself or something and be doing a blocker bet and like... I bet 7K. Can I really fold if this guy raises? Because like, I did a blocker. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I have Jack 9. I have Queen Jack. Yeah. Whatever. I have a 10. Yeah. Well, yeah, 10 for 7K is possible. Yeah. And it's like, what's he really raising here? There's not that many hands. Right. There's a few, but there's not that many. I mean... Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a good play for that reason. Maybe it's good. I think as Chan, you can kind of tell yourself, if he has a better king, 
which is possible as played. Yeah. Um, that's just okay, because I was supposed to lose a b- little bit more to that hand anyway. Right. I'm just going to lose the amount I was supposed to lose right. to that king. Yeah. That's fine. Who cares? And, and he doesn't really have a lot of monster hands having not check-raised the flop. Right. I mean, he could have queen nine. That's the monster he could have, really. That's the most obvious one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think I actually do... I don't think we can let him get away with the 7K. I think we're supposed I to think, raise. I think you're right. And also, Danchev is probably, as we see, he does some weird stuff. He's probably one of the guys who's more likely to make a, a weird hero call in this yeah. spot after because he blocked. And he's aware he did a block yep. and stuff like that. Probably can't do it with this hand, but we don't know that. We don't know what he has as Chan. So I, I think a raise is reasonable here. So Chan is going to pull the trigger and raise, which I think is another data point to show that this guy actually knows a little bit about what he's doing. It's I don't think a scared amateur is going to be doing this too often. I 100% agree. Yeah. So this guy's hand in probably is not indicative of his true tournament chops, okay. is my guess. What do you think about his sizing? Chan goes to 27K over the 7. There was already 63 in the pot before Denchev. I mean, it's basically what he might have bet if it yeah. checked to him, right? Yeah, so which is maybe a good fine. way to look at, yeah. look at it, yeah. This goes right back to that thing of like, well, if he has a better king, that's what I was supposed to lose. Yeah. Like, whether he bet it or he checked it and I bet it, it's all going to be about 27K. Yeah. So who cares? All right. So Denchev did his bluff blocker. Didn't work out. Time yep. to move on. Come on. Yeah. What are you talking about? Denchev... Three bets. Oh, yeah. To 100K. And that's the last thing I know that happens. Isn't that great? Grant doesn't know what happens, everyone. Chris Jones, it's just you and me, man. <laughs> flying this plane solo. You and me. <laughs> well said. Uh, so, all right. This feels like spew, but it also feels like Danchev leveled himself into doing this, but also it might work. I don't know. <laughs> like, he, he, this was his plan, I suppose. This feels like it. Well, okay. So what he can do, because he bets so small, now, if he had a real hand, he could call, right? Yeah. But he doesn't have a hand that he can call with now, right? Yeah. So, but he could say, like, oh, maybe Chan has either a middling part of his range or even a bluff himself. Yeah. And so I can attack all of that. And normally I'd attack that by calling right. with a better hand that I was blocking with. But since I can't do that, I can attack it by raising, right? Yeah, the problem is now we're repping a very thin range. What are we repping? Queen nine. Are we even repping queen nine? Because Chan could have ace queen. He could so easily have ace queen. Would yeah. we really three bet queen nine in a tournament in this spot? I'm not sure. We have to be three betting queen nine if we're going to have bluffs like this. I agree. And, then, and we have to have, be three betting more than queen nine. Those, those 16 combos are not enough. How can we three bet more than queen nine? We have some How? sets, maybe. We're really going to do that when our opponent can have queen nine and ace queen? Yeah, it doesn't feel like We have very... an ace in our hand. We block ace queen, but come on. All right, so if we have 16 combos of queen nine, yep. um, at this point... Like, okay, we just need to find a few bluffs. Right. We don't need many. Yeah. But why do we have ace-deuce in there then? I guess well, we block we want ace a blocker. We want to have a queen or an ace in our hand. Yeah, that's Having good. Having a queen is better than an ace. Yes, it is. So that's too bad. Yeah. We probably should have some queens in our hand. What queens? We have like the queen eight suiteds of the world, like yeah. you were saying. Like we have a few of those. Queen eight, queen seven, queen six, queen... Of uh, backdoor. Yeah, backdoor. Yeah. Like we can have all those. Queen deuce. So we can, we can pull out some of those. That's way better than that's having enough. an ace in your hand. We don't need, we don't need this hand. Yeah, I agree. That's more than enough. If we're trying to be balanced. Yeah. Now, maybe we're not trying to be balanced. We're like, it's a tournament. Yeah. Maybe we've also seen Chan go for thin raises, like go for thin value raises. Yeah, like this, this doesn't feel like we're trying to create a balanced range. This feels like exploit. Yeah, like, like this guy is raising. In fact, Danchev's right. Yeah. Like he's, he's sort of put his finger right on the pulse of this hand. I mean, and this is probably a, a skill that Danchev has, right? He's, he's probably good at exploit or at, at these types of understandings to have the success that he did. Right. Um, 
and, and credit to him for that. It's, perhaps he has seen Chan do something similar where, where somebody's given Chan a price such that Chan is like, I have to raise my pretty good hand because I just right. can't let you get away with this. So Danchev knows that Chan is a guy who does that. Right. And so you like set, you put the cheese out, the mouse came, he fell into the trap, and now we have to kill the mouse. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's my question. Is the story good enough? Are we telling a good enough story? I think we can rep Queen 9. I think it's a perfectly fine representation of Queen 9. So Queen 9 is 3-bet folding? Yes. And it's to get called by what? It's trying to get called by what? Well, if, if Danchev has recognized that Chan is going to use distribution to make some decisions, Chan's going to have to call with some hands here right? that are worse than Queen 9. Okay. Jack 10 is a, is a reasonable example yeah. of a hand, I guess. Um, there's not a Anything that lot. makes two pair on the Jack... Sure. There aren't too many other. I guess Jack X suited, yeah. right? Um, but the thing is, King Jack 10, well, Jack 10, sure, but King Jack probably bets the turn. Probably, but it might check. Not always, but most set of Set of Jacks is a potential hand. Set of Jacks is a potential hand. That's yeah. true. That's true. Um, okay. So there's a, there's a little bit there. Yeah. And maybe, maybe Chan has to call with some of, like, King Queen, because he blocks Queen 9, hands like that. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Maybe he does. Yeah. Um, it's a weird spot to do that with, with queen nine. But maybe, you, maybe you're also saying to yourself, well, because I bet so small, and then he raised so small that it's just like one bet is in yeah. there. So I'm going to get like the second bet, like if I check. I'm just doing a normal check yeah. right now. You could talk yourself into that. I think maybe. so. Okay. I mean, if Dandruff is doing this with, as a bluff, he absolutely has to do it with queen nine. I has agree. To. Like that's the best hand he can ever have, right? Yeah. Like he almost never has ace queen. Almost right? never. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's queen nine or nothing. He has to do it with the queen nine. Great, but geez. I mean, this just all feels very ambitious. And I agree. It's just extremely exploitative. That's it, what it is. It feels like it should work against this hand and a, and a bunch of hands, though. Like, if you have Jack-10, this is horrible that this happened, right? Yeah. You, like, are we really calling? Are we based, just calling Queen-Jack because we on, the Queen instead? Based on all the analysis we just did, assuming that Chan has not observed Danchev to be a complete maniac, this hand is in the folding range, right? We don't block anything. Right. We need a queen in our hand to have a blocker, and we have a lot of better hands in our distribution that we can use if we're going by hand strength. So this feels like a fold. Yeah, we want to have a queen or a nine in our hand anyway, because those yeah. are the two obvious blockers, right? Yeah. Um, this does feel like a fold. So what possible... Let's, let's look at it from the other direction also, because you don't know what happens yet. Yeah. Um, why might we decide to call? The best reason I can come up with is... The scimitar is a, a maniac. The scimitar is a little bit of a maniac. The scimitar may have watched us like we maybe level him one level deeper yeah. and say like he's seen me do all this he's exactly the kind of guy who might take a shot at this yeah like this is kind of perfect and what does he need to have if he just has a queen in his hand he's going to do this turns out he's going to do it with an ace but we can't know that yeah um and the story is still like there's not very much value here like right. what's he doing with besides let's say he's doing it with all queen nine which i guess you're right yeah. he probably has to what else is he doing it with nothing nothing that's yeah. not great yeah that's just not it's not going to come up that often, right? Like, yeah. Also, what he really bet... Here's the other question. 7,000 on the river with queen nine? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe to be cool. Maybe he's trying to get the click war sometimes. Yeah, maybe. You know? But mostly, you figure he's going to bet bigger for value there, right? Especially when the jack comes I up. mean, it all comes down to your perception of Danchev at this point. If, if you're against an avatar on the internet that you have no stats on, this is an easy fold with king six. Oh, yeah, I agree. 100% easy. But if Danchev is just... If he's a 13 on the clanner scale... Then I think you gotta make the call. Yeah, even with a bad king. I feel like if you and I are playing in a tournament, like sometimes we are. Yeah, and you make this play on me, 
I'm more apt to call because I know sometimes you're going to do that to be cool yeah. against me because you'll have a blocker yeah. or maybe even just like, eh, you don't have it. Yeah. You know, you're going to have enough of that in there that I can call with top right. pair sometimes. Yeah. Maybe not always, but sometimes. You've seen me do that to you yeah. at least a little bit. I can think of a hand I did that to you. Yeah. You were like, really? You called me with that? I'm yeah. Like, Second pair? I'm like, yeah. I just didn't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's an interesting spot in that, if, yeah, if we think anything at all about Dan Jeff, I think it's reasonable to think some stuff since he just did this, yeah. right? He's probably doing some other high-flying, high-wire I mean, we stuff. saw him do the call on the flop, too. So yep. the evidence that we have as the poker guys about Dan Chubb's current way he plays is that he's loosey-goosey. Yeah, and if um, Chan, we think, probably is in the world of yeah. poker, and I means he probably knows people who know, who play with Dan Chubb at least some of the time. Well, right? not necessarily if he's just an online guy. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right if he's just an online guy. That's fair. Okay, maybe he doesn't know. But, but he's been at the table yeah. for some amount of time. Maybe he knows because of that. Anyway, so you think it's a fold. What do you think ultimately happens? I think it might be a call against Danchev. I think it's a fold mm. against a random avatar online. Okay. I, think against, I think against Danchev, if, if there's mount, mountains of evidence to show that he's just kind of out there, I think we can make this call. Boy, how horrible does it feel, though, when you get three bet there? You make it 27, oh God, so and they make awful. it 100, and you're like, oh, my God, I could have just called 7K. Yeah, to be clear, I think this is a fold against 90% of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Again, against anyone who's like doesn't have moves. There's yeah. no... Even, and even the people who have moves mostly aren't three-betting the river as yeah. a bluff. Like, how often have I three-bet the river as a bluff? I can think of once off the top of my head very clearly in a big spot, but that's all I can think of. I, may, I probably have done it at least one other time in my life, but it doesn't happen much. I don't think I've ever done it in a tournament. I did it in the, the Binion's $1,100 uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. That I remember you talking... That was a weirdly tough field. Yes, it was a really tough field. Man, those guys were good. Um... But, like, I felt like I had to do stuff like that yeah. a little bit. You know, I had to, like, have a play here or there. Also, the, the play seemed right. Well, before we so figure whatever. out what happens, including yeah. me, quick aside about that, about mm. the Binions. It got oh, me thinking, okay. like, a weird thing that at least used to happen at the World Series of Poker that Jonathan and I experienced was, like, all of the 1K to 2K events at the World Series are, like, generally pretty soft. So right? soft. And then if you just go do a 1K at what seems like, you know, one of the crappier casinos, like Binion's or the Golden Nugget or something, it's like, holy shit, everybody's amazing. Why am I here yeah, <laughs> at, no, this, at this 1K? It at felt the, like minus EV for sure. Yeah, it was, like, weird how those 1Ks were so hard at these, the, like, off-brand casinos. It's like all, the World Series gets all the tourists, and they do not go play other places for the tournament. Well, they specifically, don't. they don't go downtown. They don't right. go to Fremont Street, right? Right, but so. even stuff like the, like the more expensive wins, which are easier, softer than... Oh, the, the, wins are, the wins are much softer No, no, than I don't those. mean the $500 wins. I mean, like, the, the $1,100 No, the 11 as of recently, the $1,100 wins were also soft. Oh, really? Yeah, but, okay. yeah. Because they were doing $1,100 on weekdays and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway, coming back to it. Yes, it is, notice, it is really interesting. The, any kind of you have to travel to get somewhere, you could be in trouble. Yeah. It's got to be like, really, you, you want all the tourists. Yeah. You want that dead money in there. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about what happens here with Chan. All right. I'm going to guess that he calls. He that's does call. Okay. He calls. Because that's how it's a breakdown hand. Yeah. Come on. I mean, it could have been a breakdown hand. It's anyway. a breakdown hand if he folds. But it's, it's also a breakdown hand if he calls. Yeah. I like he calls, and this also makes me think he knows he almost certainly knows what he's doing, right? Yeah, opening this wide, raising on the river, and then calling the three bet. These are just not things amateurs do almost ever, no, right? He's very much not scared money, and yeah, he knows who he's up against. It looks like it's, it's pretty cool, yeah. Although, I guess, despite this misstep, Danchev ends up finishing ninth in the tournament, right? He does. 
Good for him, by yeah. the way, huh? Maybe maybe you could feel good for him? I do feel good for him. <laughs> maybe, maybe you could feel good for him. He finished bit. his ninth for 77,000 euro. Chan finishes like 54th or something. Yeah. It's uh, not as good. Oh, there he is. He's 61st for just 14,000, 15,000 euros. So Dimitar's like, or Dimitar, excuse me, is yeah. like, yeah, okay, you caught me once, but the crazy, the crazy Bulgarian? Yeah. Knows what he's doing, baby, Simitar! That's also a good nickname, the crazy Bulgarian. That is actually pretty good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right, uh, let's see what the solver has to say. Let's do that. Danny Sprung, what do you have to say about this incredible hand? <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, I, well, I, thought, I thought for a second that maybe Danny Sprung's consciousness would be teleported to your body, and then you could, you could give the solver perspective. But it looks like I'm still stuck with, with oh. Jonathan Lutton. Oh, really? I'm definitely not Danny Sprung. Danny Sprung's conscience didn't say that was weird. Danny How Sprung you know? would never talk to me like this. <laughs> never. Not with this tone, anyway. I'll give you that. Let's talk about never. Let's talk about Dimitar Danchev and the actions he takes in this hand. All right. All right. Um, a lot of stuff happens in this hand. So let's, let's get through okay. this solver here. Cool. On the flop, Chan is supposed to bet his entire range, sure. unsurprising on this flop in their positions. Um, Danchev is also unsurprisingly supposed to fold. Yeah. It's just a bad ace high. It, it's an error of one sixth of a big blind to call, which is a kind of a big error in this size pot. Like it's one sixth of a big blind is not that much, yeah, but on. it's, it's notable with ace high to even have it be that big of an error. I disagree, but let's not get into that. Fine. Who we cares? won't. Let's get to the turn, which goes check, check. But, uh, the solver does want Chen to bet his hand 62% of the time, mm. which means it's fine to check. Yeah. Um, Cool. Let Dimitar Danchev do whatever he's going to do on the river, which is thing. what Chen planned on, I suppose. One surprising output that was in favor of Danchev's play is Ace Deuce does lead for the small size 60% of the time, this tiny sizing. Now, I got to believe that very few combos of Ace Deuce ever make it to this yes. river on the tree. So it's probably a little bit wacky once we're here, you know? Right. But still, interesting. Right, but the solver, from Chan's perspective, is not having any of that block bet and is right. raising all king x's 100% of the time. So really likes Chan's thin raise here. And uh, this is a really surprising output. Oh, wait, I mean the opposite. Danchev is supposed to just fold. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. So the solver's cool with, with Danchev leading here, which does make sense. It's not even really a lead. It's just betting, right? Right. Because it would check, check. Um, that makes perfect sense. He did it. Solver likes it. You know, like he's trying to... Trying to bluff here, man. And then, yeah, the raise, 100% of the time. That's cool. Yeah. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have necessarily known that. Right. And then, of course, you're supposed to fold, but that is not what happened, as we see. And uh, it doesn't like the raise. The solver does of not course. like the raise. He only has 0.2 combos of queen nine to raise out of his entire range. Well, geez. Yeah. If yeah. that's the case, I guess we shouldn't fold much. If you know that as a solver, you probably have to call with a lot of stuff. Well, Chan, Chan is supposed to call with any king X. Yeah. That, that would have been surprising to me. But if you told me that he's got 0.2 combos of, of hands he can raise with, yeah. Dan Chef does, I'd probably call with all my king X too. And maybe some other stuff, like a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Like almost everything. Right. So I yeah. guess uh, Dan Chev, you know, success, successful player, not so successful in Pio's eyes in this hand. Oh, cold, Grant. The shade has been thrown. <laughs> Music 